0: What's up, everyone? It is November 19th, 2019. Welcome into this edition of Washington Football Crunch. I am Mike Chen of Cascadia Preps, and I'm joined by, as always, Luke Monger of Dogman and Jackson Gardner of Coug Fan. So let's start by talking about one of the most exciting playmakers in the state, Max Borgie. In his most recent postgame press conference, he actually guaranteed that WSU is going to win next week and they will play in a bowl game. So Jackson, do you like your players making statements like this?
1: Well, I don't know if I'll go to say my players, but uh, your yeah, community. I mean,
0: <laughs> I think it's I
1: I enjoyed it. I don't know if if uh, Mike Leach enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it a lot because for what has been uh, a relatively, dare I say, boring season. Mm. Something like this kind of just makes it a little more fun. Like, it, you know, I'm assuming we'll get to talk to Max on Tuesday. Maybe we don't, but usually when you make that kind of a statement, there's a uh, room for some follow-up. Uh, but uh, you know, who knows with on on that front, but I I just think it's fun because shoot, this has been there's been a lot of disappointment around WSU football and being able to kind of up the stakes for the whole week and what would relatively be uh and normally be a irrelevant game. I mean, two, five and five teams uh, grant playing for bull eligibility, but uh, you know that though, these games that lead right into Thanksgiving break are always horribly attended. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. there is kind of a need for, for some life in this game. And I think perhaps guaranteeing a win is a way to kind of create your own sense of urgency and
2: your own energy, uh, to to go out and get a win you know uh, yeah i personally can tell you that even before seeing the max borgie quote i was incredibly i was so looking forward to next week's matchup that i yeah i i personally am looking forward to two five and five teams Gritting it out for bowl eligibility, especially given the context that it would be the Civil War and the Apple Cup next week, yeah. which history has not been nice to either of the two five and 5 teams. It, it, I was going to say, I was going to say, do you, do you
1: like this because both teams know damn well that this is, will be their last opportunity damn to become well. bowl. I don't know
2: about that. I, I mean,
1: bowl. it's really the last chance for the Beavs. <laughs> that is true. You well, know, oh, well, that's, I think, the, the yeah, I mean, probably realistically, but... With the way the beeves have been trending in the right direction, like is it that do they have that less of a shot than WSU right now? I I mean, I, I guess I suppose we'll probably find out a little bit this week. And granted, Oregon is is a good team. I think they're the lesser of the two top tier teams in the Pac-12. I personally <laughs> ranked Utah ahead of Oregon uh, this week, but you know, so I don't. I mean, I don't know. That's that's a different can of worms for a different time. But you know. So I mean, yeah, I, I should I I guess me calling it irrelevant is probably the wrong the wrong phrase. Out of the Pac-12 games, and, and in terms of level of interest, watching two five and five teams right now duke it out for Pac-12 or uh, for bowl game eligibility might actually be interesting. In I'm of
2: mad of that the Pac-12 game's at though. six. I wish it was at like eleven p.m. It would be the perfect eleven. Like, you two. mean eleven? A.m. I mean, I'm joking, no. but it would be the perfect oh. like deep, deep late night. Late oh late <laughs> oh
1: <no>. <laughs> <laughs> A pack twelve yeah, a super pac twelve after dark. Yeah, yeah. I mean we'll, yeah, we'll I'm uh, sure there'll be a little awesome. pac twelve after dark. Pac
0: twelve in the morning.
1: Yeah. So uh, um
0: Jackson, you said that like Mike Leach might not like Max Borgie guaranteeing a victory. Mm-hmm. But I disagree with that because I feel like what Max Borgie said was a direct response to Mike Leach accusing the team leaders of being frauds. So being so upfront and kind of separating yourself from the rest of the group in a positive way, like saying our team is going to win, uh, can inspire those around them to play even harder. And, uh, and you know, Mike Leach, it's, he, he does create a little bit of an enabling environment for bold statements. So having one of his uh, team leaders step up and say something like that can be seen as a positive light, as long as you don't do it every single but week. Say to your like, very like, same how-
1: point, you just said that this is kind of a response, kind of almost like a shot back at Mike Leach, how, why, would, why would he like uh, that, if that is the case, you know? I, I, I mean, you can, he, you can he answered the question, like some, you know, th- that was asked to him today. And, and he didn't necessarily say whether he liked it or not, he just said he thought preparation is what's gonna guarantee, or is what's gonna guarantee them, or give them the best shot at winning. So I think you could gauge just about how much he liked that comment, or maybe how indifferent he was toward it right there, you know? I, to, but to say that he would like it, like actually like his player going out and guaranteeing, like, like I know you do not know Mike Leach as intimately as I do, but you know Mike Leach enough to know he does not like his players guaranteeing a win. Come on
0: now, yeah, cr- creating any drama. Uh, like I'm personally fine with Borges saying that because of how lighthearted it was. It was towards the end of the press conference, and he just kind of skedaddled out of there. It, like what, it was a, drop, was it was like a mic opening... drop.
1: What do you mean it was yeah, no, just it's uh, sweet? It's, it's kind of you know a lighthearted. He literally <laughs> dropped the mic and said, "We're I guarantee a win and bull eligibility." I don't think that was lighthearted. I think that was, I mean no, it was lighthearted. I should say that's not right, but I mean I think he, he wasn't really joking around. He was like. He was saying yeah. like, "Yeah, I, I think we're guaranteeing a win." I, I felt that way. I mean, he was a quote machine in that thirty <laughs> seconds right there.
2: Do you think? Do you think if things don't go as planned for the Cougs on Saturday, he'll sing the same tune heading into the Apple Cup? <laughs> well,
1: if they don't win, I if they don't win, I don't think Max Borg is made el- uh, is made available after the game, and they're probably, probably true. Really probably no, true. Which which is a shame. It is an absolute shame if that which. And this is obviously a guess, but knowing how who they oh, like, yeah, there's no make, shot. made available yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. there's no way if he guaranteed a win and they lost that they'd make him available, even if he had rushed for 200 The runs.
2: only players made available be- before the Apple Cup will be like Renard Bell and Chica McClatcher or like Aaron Fuller. Yeah. Just the, <laughs> you most <know>? posi- <laughs>
1: the most positive guys. Yeah. The
2: most, but also, like, like obviously. Well-known names, but not mm-hmm. like the headline drawers. Y- yeah, not
1: not mm-hmm. totally moving the needle. Um, yeah, you know, but I, like I would just. I, I'm sorry. What, what was what was the question you asked me again, Luke?
2: Oh, I just said would Max Borgie sing the same tune about oh, the eligibility yeah. <laughs>
1: if things? I'd Absolutely not. No. no, 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 no. Because everyone in there knows that this they're they're fighting an uphill battle against UW. No one's going to be guaranteeing wins I, against UW, um, but I, I mean, he's why not, pretty though? optimistic. It would get, it'll get guy, people
2: fired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll get people juiced.
1: Yeah, it would. But I think also at the same time, like guaranteeing a win against OSU is like all right, yeah. But then when you guarantee a win against UW, it's like ooh, like I don't. I think I'm going to distance myself from that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. That's personally how I would feel about that, but. You know, maybe it's different, and he does garner a lot of respect in that locker room, so I don't know. Maybe he could get people to rally around him like that with a, a pretty out-there statement guaranteeing winning against UW, but if they lost and it came down to the Apple Cup to win a bowl game, I think it is all business. No one's making any, uh, like Micah said, some lighthearted uh, guarantees like that.
0: Analysis, yeah. That's, that's what a fraud leader would do, so... Uh, another uh, very yes. quotable cougar is uh, Abe Lucas, right tackle out of Archbishop Murphy. And he was talking about his quarterback, Anthony Gordon. And, you know, we've been talking about on the show recently that there's something about Anthony Gordon on the field that's way different than he lets on, you know, in the press conference and, uh, like, the, this off the field. And hmm. basically, what Abe Lucas said was. Gordon has got a little spark to him. He's a quarterback who's out there jawing with all these defensive linemen and linebackers. And I'm pulling him off like, relax, man. We still need you. We don't want you getting in any fights. So is it safe to say now that Anthony Gordon is officially a hot-headed player? No.
1: I don't think it's a f- it's a f- okay this to say, a say he's hot-headed. NFL Scouts, it's man. not <laughs> hot-headedness. I don't <laughs> think talking and, and jawing with another player is necessarily hot-headedness. I mean you go what have I, I mean the way I feel about it is like what happens on the field stays on the field unless it becomes so much that it can't stay on the field i.e. a flag is thrown Flags, yep, something yep. like that that there's cold hard evidence that you know something was taken too far but other than that like whatever is said back and forth like I think that's kind of the heat of the battle stuff for me yeah. hot-headedness comes after once you're out of the game once you're, you know, kind of talking, you know, to the media and, and, and you know, maybe Ryan taking Leak shots effects. at someone. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of that business. So I don't see him as hot-headed because once he steps off the field, he's as calm, cool, and collected as ever, you know, always saying Super the right cool. thing, always, you know, co- or, you know, giving or paying due to, you know, offensive line, receivers, stuff like that. So you can't really call him hot-headed, but does he – Participate in the jaw jacking? I yes, obviously he he's been doing that. But I, I was kind of taken aback by that when when Abe Lucas said like they'd rather not have that because I've to me I felt like that you know players maybe liked it and perhaps you could be onto something that maybe some of the players kind of feel like that's a little old that that's kind of played out now. It's like you know. Okay, it was cool against Houston when our reserve quarterback started, you know, <laughs> getting a little chirpy, but now it's, shell, it's yeah. maybe played out. I don't know. Maybe that's pretty speculative, but you might be onto something there.
0: All right. Well, let me give you an example. Jackson, you played football before. I played football before. I'm sure a lot of people listening have. We've all had that quarterback to just won't shut the hell up when trying to like, jaw with the opposing defenses or he gets hit by a linebacker or says, like, that's a dirty hit. Uh, and, Nobody likes that quarterback. Nobody want no, nobody really is inspired by a quarterback that That's that's talks funny. To the defense. I
1: mean, it's funny you say that we've all had that because actually the quarterback I had in high school was like the most respectful guy, like stand up guy, 4.0 student, like foul Victorian, like <laughs> you know, Bryce Larson, unbelievable guy. So I mean, I, you, funny you say that, but
0: I, I understand what you're saying. Continue. I'm I'm sure you I mean, my point is like if, if Anthony Gordon fits that mold, like, most, uh, it's that's not really a... I don't know. I don't think those are positive traits in a quarterback yeah, that, but I, as, I don't, as Abe Lucia says, jaws with the linebackers and says uh, he's trying to get him out of fights. Lightheartedly, of course, but still, it's something to that. And that's just... I don't like that in a quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't think you're alone on that. I do think they're at, at the quarterback position. Some people do enjoy... Do you, do you call it traditional, like where the quarterback is kind of just above everything else? You know, I, I understand that people not one would of the probably He's like that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's, it's probably more within the college game to have quarterbacks who are, are more willing to play like that and stuff. I, I just don't think, unless it becomes a serious problem where it's affecting how people are playing... You know, I, I just don't know if it's or if it's affecting, you know, how much his voice resonates in the locker room. That could also be something that were that could cause problems. I don't think that when when Abe Lucas was saying that, he was saying that it gets under his skin <laughs> quite that much. I think you're, you know, like you said, it was a little more lighthearted than that, Um you know, usually his, his comments are a little more, you know, he's always a pretty serious guy, and a matter of fact, but usually a little more lighthearted after the wins than they are after losses, as is with most players. But, um, yeah, you know, goes goes for Abe Lucas as well. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't think that you can necessarily make that correlation w- with Anthony Gort because, A, we've seen him talk, you know, across the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. We have Abe Lucas saying maybe he'd ra- rather not have that. I don't know if you can say that it's affecting his play or his voice in the locker room.
0: So, there's a lot happening around, across the state. You know, I was looking at the kind of just what's going on right now in uh, high school and college football. And, you know, it's the high school football playoffs right now. We're right in the thick of that. Uh, UW and WC have a lot left on the line. Uh, Eastern pulled off a 42 41 victory over Portland State this past weekend. But through all that mayhem, one team season actually abruptly ended uh this past weekend and that's uh, CW football the end of season Quietly at 7 ended, and 4 yes. very yeah cuz i mean like i was just like it's such a stressful time of year you know you got college basketball starting up and you know it, it's just oh yeah and that's a chapter yeah. that is officially closed now you know <laughs> so CW football is over at 7 and 4 but i want to get your guys' thoughts like overall do you guys consider that a successful season going 7 and 4 well, it's hard. Like
2: I don't know. I, I, yeah. I feel like Central Washington season uh, requires context. You know, it, it's mm-hmm, hard. Certainly. I feel like Division Two football is kind of hard to evaluate the success of a season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I mean, if you look back at last season, better record, also didn't make the postseason. But for some reason, this season feels like it has more
0: optimism, uh, yeah, right?
2: Yeah. Well, right.
1: Yeah, and I I think I have a theory as to why that is. Um, and Micah, please please be checking with me if you if, if this all you know checks out with you. I'll follow along. Yeah, Central Washington kind of came into the season searching for an identity. Correct. I mean, Bingo. this is a relatively new team, and yeah. new coach trying to fi- figure out an identity. They did not really find that early on, and it seemed like it was pretty disappointing. I, us talking about, is this setting Central Washington years back? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, well, Obviously, that's start. not the case. But they did figure some things out. They figured out the cornerstone quarterback, Christian Moore. So, you know, you can figure he's, he's back. And, and I think probably the rest of it kind of settles itself in from there. This team feels like it has a little bit more of an identity, that they've found that, and they can use that as momentum going into next season. You Zach,
0: does spot that, on, spot on. I, I, I felt the I exact thought. same way. Like even, and we talked about their one and four start and how that was kind of embarrassing. But because they ended the year on a six game win streak, you can look at that one and four start and go, oh, well, you know, they only lost by ten points to Idaho, and you know, they went to Texas and only lost 48 and I mean, they played Western Oregon, who was the Co gnac champs, and they only lost twenty six thirty six. And then they, you know, so it's like you look at these losses and you go. Wow, they went on a six-game win streak, and their losses—you know—if a couple of balls bounced their way, or if Christian Moore freaking plays the whole year, <laughs> maybe yeah, see, they, maybe, maybe ten-point losses, seven-point loss, ten-point loss, ten-point loss—maybe that doesn't matter. You know, maybe. So you look at that one-four start and go—you you just look at it with a much more rosy outlook yeah. as opposed to at the time. Remember when it was one and four, and we were just like. Uh, why do we even have a team anymore? <laughs>
1: Cause well, it was just, it was so... uh, I don't know if if Luke and I went that far. I think uh, <laughs> I don't, none of us <laughs> Mr. did. Central, of Mr. Did, Mr. Was... Central, no, oh, 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 none of us did. Mr. Central was, Washington uh, over here hit the panic button real quick.
0: Um, I, I was panicking, but, but I didn't. Doubt you were why was mad after <laughs> you, were, you were you voiced
1: frustration after that loss to Idaho, as if you did not know darn well, or expect them to lose that game.
0: I was pissed about Cannon Racanelli. I knew they were going to lose to Idaho. I was just pissed how they lost.
1: That yeah, I, yeah, I, and, I, and yes, I I probably a lot of your frustration was at the quarterback, the indecisiveness at quarterback. But needless to say, I think now that the season is over, we can look at this as a pretty positive launching point for Central Washington.
0: Yeah, you got your franchise quarterback. You got an All-American running back um 3 of your top 5 receivers are back, 4 of your 5 offensive linemen, about half the defense. Yeah. Uh, the most recent recruiting class had 34 players, which is the, like the biggest in a very long time. Uh, and they got another big class coming in right now. Mm-hmm. Like look, okay, if going into this season, anybody had thought that this year would be anything like more than a, a rebuilding year was kind of delusional. I mean <laughs> that, that was that was not uh, the uh, Yeah, the, losing the, Riley Hennessy the, and yeah, losing Riley Hennessy, losing yeah, All but American we certainly tackle, did not
1: talk about this season like it was a rebuilding year. We certainly yeah, we thought did. this
2: team, we certainly thought s-
1: this team had enough to to do well.
2: Well, I don't we think don't anyone don't. foresaw a one in four start. And, yeah, you know, and yeah. if they didn't, if they didn't make the the switch to Christian, more who knows? Like it, it could That's have been true. worse, and then it wouldn't have felt re- like they were rebuilding if yeah. they went. Uh, two and nine, rather than seven.
1: And I think four. this is a team who is reloading rather than rebuilding.
0: Yeah, they just took too them a second term. to find their way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. rebuilding is a weird term you write because they've gone like eleven and one, seven and four, seven and four. Like it's yeah, but the, I guess and rebuilding, especially at the division two level, is if you're not making the playoffs, you're rebuilding. You know, like you're because if you're not, like, but I they're guess on in that...
1: the brink of it all. Like there, there never was it like. I mean, probably yes. It was probably pretty clear cut that they were not going to make the playoffs this year. Yes, but yes. it wasn't like you had. I mean, he uh, kind of did have them written off since they had the one and four start. But I don't know. Like seven and four does not. You don't say like oh no chance at playoffs. Maybe in in Division two football it's a little bit different. Yeah, in Division two. Yes, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. But I just feel like that. That's a pretty good team. A pretty good program. Uh, you know, I didn't know much about Fisk, but you know, shoot, if he's been a part of the the other winning programs, you gotta think that he can he can carry some of that over and he did. So, you know, I just don't see his rebuilding. Reloading. I think that's yep, a better
0: term. Very good chance. We haven't seen a schedule for 2020 yet. We know they're playing Montana, but I think there's a very good chance that Central qualifies for the playoffs in next year. So great year for Central. It was uh it was fun following them along. So but uh let's get to uh the University of Washington. They have a game against Colorado this week. And you know Luke, I feel like with the extra bye week in the schedule now, it almost hurts the flow of the season, especially when you're not like pushing for one of those top playoff spots, I mean, you know, top bowl games. I mean, if you're a fan that casually follows the team, I mean, you had Oregon State on a Friday night, and then a bye week, and now you got Colorado, and pretty soon a month has passed, and not much interesting has happened. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like there's like losing momentum right now. Like, you know, they got to flip the switch pretty soon here.
2: Yeah, no, I certainly feel like, a husky nation has there. There's wind out of the sails right now. It's kind of like I don't know. It just doesn't feel like people are very engaged. Um, obviously, I think we've talked about it before, but Seattle's a pretty fair weather town. It feels like at times, and uh, the huskies being six and four, uh, there just doesn't feel uh, to be a ton of excitement around finishing eight and four uh, with a shot to play in the Holiday Bowl. Which, in, in on one hand, I, I understand not being super fired up about that, but on the other hand, I, I mean, you're either playing in, like I mentioned, the Holiday Bowl against the likes of, like, Michigan or Minnesota or, like, a pretty darn good Big Ten team, right? Yeah. Or you're playing in uh, the Alamo Bowl against, like, Texas or or something like that, Iowa State perhaps, right? and then yeah like there's an exciting bowl game to be played you know yeah but where, um, my question is is where did UW? are they would they
1: even be considered for the las vegas bowl because isn't that still not a very prestigious like it next year it's pretty much going to be what the alamo bowl is this year if i'm not or it's either going to be what the
2: holiday so bowl my, my, or so the alamo bowl correct is. me if i'm wrong but holidays pack 12 three right And alamo yeah. pac 12 four no, right? Alamo's above.
1: Alamo is Pac-12 three, I believe.
2: Oh, and holidays Pac-12 four.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. The see. thing is, I think I'm pretty sure the Las Vegas one is like Pac-12 like six, yeah. which is just stupid because everyone <laughs> wants to go to like everyone wants to go to Vegas. Every fan base wants that game, and the fact that it's not the
2: Alamo Bowl should be the lowest of those.
1: Say, Am I, I, I wrong? I I, I I like I like San Antonio, but that's just me. Um, well, I don't.
2: Yeah, San Antonio is cool, but it's far away you know that's true yeah
1: you got to travel a lot farther and it usually just always offers a home field advantage to, to the south or at yeah. least a traveling advantage to the big 12 you know because that's the other you know conference that's going into it so yeah i do agree with that that there could be some you know moving around with the al mobile but i don't know i like if it were me i would just be doing whatever i could do to get to that las vegas pool
0: so with the apple cup coming up next week do you anticipate a lot more enthusiasm, um, or like flipping the switch, like I said? Like, or do you think? I mean, is do you think it can reach the peak levels that it has these last couple of years, where it's just been a frenzy during that week? Yeah, I think it
2: can. I mean, I, I think no matter what, it'll be packed for the Apple Cup. I, I think people will just come out and support. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, like this is a Washington football culture podcast. The Apple Cup is just rich washington football culture right that
1: is our week that is yeah absolutely <laughs>
2: um i think the excitement could really turn on if the coogs lose this weekend to be honest i think the husky gonna... fans yeah. would love an opportunity to deny the coogs bowl eligibility yeah i think that's the only gonna, thing that could get that's a the great well, super see, i, exciting I mean i think you're right but at the
1: same time i just don't put it past any any either side of the uh uh either fan base's to get really jacked up over you know, playing playing in the Apple Cup like or particular and particularly for UW since they've just you know dominated in it like, you know it's been a rough season but at least you can hang your hat knowing you're gonna you know smoke the Cougars in the Apple Cup right you know I, I feel like that must kind of hit a chord with some part of oh yeah the fan base. no
2: I mean people yeah I mean exactly and, and then I think in the same light. the the cougs feel the same way like oh shoot best case scenario you're six and five on a disappointing year going into the apple cup but all is well that ends well right and it's like like if we were if we could end this losing streak against the the huskies i think anybody would. i feel like like from the
1: cougars perspective at this point it's like kind of playing on house money you know like if you lose like what you know isn't it just another year that you just lost like it, it, but yeah. if you win, the,
2: the rewards are so great, you know? So I don't know. For sure. No, it's just, it's interesting. I, I think no matter what, I mean, the Apple Cup will be, um, you know, it, it'll be a sold out affair. For sure. Anytime, for it's, sure. especially on the West side, just because of how accessible it is Yeah, uh, for the foreseeable future. But the buzz depends on kind of like a, a bigger storyline, right? Like for the Pac-12 or... Like to gain or to deny, uh like bowl eligibility, all of that sort of stuff. Streak, yeah, the streak, that, yeah, the streak. yeah, everything. I mean, there's always something on the line. Which is, I mean, yeah, that's right. right. And, you have rivalry. Honestly, that's the point even of if there
1: wasn't, even if there wasn't anything on the line, like, <laughs> something would be made up to be on the line. It's just the way <laughs> it does feel.
2: Game. It is a little like disappointing to not have uh conference the, championship the, implications yeah, on the Pac twelve, Pac twelve North the on the, the line. Yeah. That's I mean, always How many sweet. years in a row you know, has it been that, that, so the, the,
1: the the Huskies, North,
2: that there's been Pac-12 North implications? This will be the first in four years that the Cougs haven't been playing for the Pac-12 North yeah. title. And it'll be yeah, the yeah. first. The Huskies, obviously, the two years that they were playing for the North won. And then mm-hmm. one year they denied the Cougs the North. Yes, yes,
1: yes. That is correct.
0: And then coming off a of bye week... What are some things that you would like to change about the offense? Because that's the the biggest uh, focus of concern right now. Chris Peterson was talking about it a lot today. Uh, what what do, what do you anticipate, man? Like, What what do you think it's going to take to turn it around? You know, it's tough.
2: I mean, the one thing about the Husky offense that I think is always so difficult is, you, you know, you look and it's like, well, you know, like Savon and company are averaging like four and a half to five yards a carry. So you're like... That's crazy. It's, not, it's not like they're running the ball awfully. And then it's like Jacob Heason, uh, sure, he struggled recently, but it's not like he's putting up absolutely dismal numbers. I mean, he's averaging 7.8 yards per attempt, which mm-hmm. is solid, right? So you're like, what not is that. it exactly, right? And then, like, I think this year for the Huskies, uh, it, and it kind of has been the flavor the last couple of years, is just, like, explosive plays right and mm-hmm. it's like how do you create those it was interesting to hear i th- what i think it was last year the huskies actually had more explosive plays by their definition than they did in 2016 which is the year that jake really? browning threw 43 touchdown passes which is shocking but none of like a, like a what on earth is their definition of an explosive play is well, <laughs> so the, the difference is the difference is like not very many of them ended in, in touchdowns right those drives so, oh, so, so they no so what would happen is that there'd be an explosive play oh, oh no, okay. no 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 the, oh. they don't need so they would rip off like a 25 yard pass right uh-huh. or like a 30 yard run from miles Gaskin mm-hmm. but get stopped in the red zone and then they would stall out and mm-hmm. kick to a field goal
0: right so <laughs> exactly they don't
2: so they, they now, weren't cashing out on that right so oh,
1: okay so they're talking about explosive plays that they score points off of essentially.
2: Yeah, so that was kind of the flavor going into this year, and obviously it hasn't gotten that much better. Um, Yeah.
1: I would be curious to know, uh, like, you know, it's tough to really gauge just from, like, the eye test how good the offensive line is. Really do, like, kind of an analysis of the offensive line. Like, how many penalties from the offensive line? Is it still that same, like, disciplined uh, group up there? Uh, And and if there's any problems up there, because I think you're right. And, And... you know, I think probably the obvious one would be the receivers. Like you probably yeah. aren't getting the production out of the, or yeah, just the uh, consistent play yeah. from the consistency from the receivers. So that's definitely one thing. But I, I I think because I don't I just don't know. Um, trying to like look at that offensive line and, and that was one thing for for me when I was looking at the Cougars, it was like, man, the offensive line feels like it's doing well. Like they're only giving up about a sack a game. But then you looked at the penalties. And it was like, oh my, Liam Ryan has 15 penalties. Like, (laughs) I I, I wouldn't take the time to go and look up each player's, like, most penalized player in the Pac-12. But, like, the next closest for WCU was, like, four. And I would be willing to bet that Liam Ryan is the most penalized player in the Pac-12 right now. I mean, shoot, maybe even the country. Like, I don't know. But yeah like stuff like that it's like oh shit yeah that's probably what's getting them behind the chains that's probably Certainly. what's what's causing lulls in the offense and stuff like that and digging a little deeper yeah you start to figure out some of some of the problems
2: Penalties. It, yeah no and then the the other thing uh, I think for the offensive line this year for Washington, not as much as penalties jump out, but m- like my guess would be something that you can't as easily find on the stat sheet without like a subscription to Pro Football Focus or something <laughs> would be like pressures, right? Yeah. Because I remember the Utah game, Jacob Eason was only sacked once, but he was on his back all game long. And you could tell by the third and fourth quarter that he was hearing footsteps, you know? And then. So, so, so that's another thing that's interesting with that offensive line. But like you mentioned, I think the easy one to point out is uh, like production from receivers. Hunter Bryant, tight end, obviously, has had a solid season, and he's been the guy who's consistently gotten, uh, I guess, explosive plays for the Huskies down the field, particularly in the middle. Um, but it, I, it's difficult, I guess, to manufacture those types of opportunities uh, when guys aren't getting open Kind of down the sidelines Like a a lot of times It feels like it's either Hunter Bryant Deep down the seam Thurl Bynum underneath Or nothing right and then uh, I feel like With that and then another thing I I think would Also be um, Just like third downs and extending drives A lot of times it feels Mm -hmm. like the Huskies have like Third and four third and five and It's like okay they're gonna Like yeah they're gonna throw a screen to Andre Bocelli like everyone, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it it feels like, um,
1: I and I think like it's just because weird.
2: Because I I just think the issue with the Huskies, like, like for me, it just feels like the explosive plays aren't resulting in points, and when that happens, it's just really hard to keep drives going. Uh, yeah. It, so they I can have. Also, I feel like the Huskies have like fourteen play sixty seven yard drives more than the average team that in college football. In this
1: field
2: mm-hmm. goal. <laughs> yeah, or like. You know, uh, or then like an unfortunate holding penalty or false start penalty, or then you have third and thirteen from the thirty-seven yard line. It's like okay, or you know, I don't know. Yeah,
1: you, you you talked about the screen game, and I I probably from what I've watched, I don't know if UW's quick game is as good as as once was because I mean you kind they of drop things on the quick at, game. side more many, at the at the screen, call you know that that play call. Well, yeah. And I know a lot of people, for some reason, get really frustrated with teams who who really like the quick game and going to that twelve times a game. Uh, but in the past, that's been really effective for you to you know. Oh yeah, that has been a great way to get to pick up first downs, you know, on third and four, third and five, and and get have a consistent play that that's going to get you five yards. Um, but you're right, it hasn't really
2: been that the same this year. No, it hasn't. I mean, and then. Uh- I'd be curious to know how many screens have been dropped this year oh that's that's like more stuff. I would say like more than five which feels like really? th- that's always that's like nothing sucks way more. too many
1: yeah way too many screens to be dropped because Well, that's...
2: and then it's always scary because like a pass thrown behind the line of scrimmage then it's always like is it live like I don't know yeah yeah. <laughs> you know but then the other thing and I don't know I mean it, the interesting thing is like it's and then it's easy to point fingers at the guys catching the ball, but I mean, Andre Bocelli caught screen passes from Jake Browning without much of a problem last year. So yeah. I don't know if it's a mental thing. Is there something with the way that Jacob Eason throws the ball? If it's that he throws it too hard, I don't tend to really accept that. You know, yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's an invalid. That's like an invalid if you're a scholarship argument. football player, like you know, and you practice <laughs> you with the guy, catch whatever's know? coming at you. My- I just yeah. think
1: it's probably because <laughs> those are such the, the timing of those plays are so critically important. Sometimes it's it's just like. You just can't figure that timing out, which is again not an excuse at this point in the year. Um, but that also contributes to the success of those plays.
0: Well, I guess we can just blame Hayner for taking all those first team reps when Easy could have used those <laughs> to practice. <laughs> yeah, with memory. goodness so sakes! Even when he leaves, he's hurting the program. I so, was no, kidding, just kidding. Uh, so right now, the high school football playoffs are going on. Right now, we are now in the quarterfinals. There are eight teams left. It is a stacked field. And, uh, you know, last week we were talking about how pissed off people were about the RPI. Uh, well, not the RPI, but the seeding committee, you know, like deciding who the top teams um, in each classification are. Uh, would you guys like to hear how accurate they were after the first round? It's kind of scary. Do it I'd so, love, to. Uh, and, and, as they the usually level, are. But. And, and, and honestly, this isn't that hard to do either. It's not rocket science. But at the 4A level, seven of the top eight seeds are still in. Uh, 3A, all the top eight seeds are still in. 2A, 7 of the top 8 seeds, and 1A, 7 of the top 8 seeds. So basically, can, out of 36 teams, 33 advanced to second round that they thought would.
1: Can you tell me which of the 4A teams was the lower seed that made it? Mount Sai. Mount, and you what, know who they beat, you know Jackson?
0: You're, you're going to get a kick out of this.
1: Oh, shoot, they beat, who?
0: They beat Chiwana.
1: Chiwana? Oh, really? I so, thought they were pretty know, good. But what were the what were the seeds in that game?
0: 11 versus 6.
1: Oh, 11 versus 6. So Interesting. Screw,
0: screw the east side right like all oh, they're over <laughs> king Ko they're, superiority uh, baby
1: king Ko superior although <laughs> I, I you know i just don't i don't know how mount Sai gets its its you know the thing is what what's what bothers me with mount Sai mount is they claim to be a part of king Ko, yet they act so blue collar and it's like you can't be both like you either are a part of king and all of its dominance or you can go be out in the woods and do whatever you want out there but you know please so you don't please like how choose, they, please choose a side here
0: you don't like how they embrace, they call themselves like a bunch of country boys but I they hate still play in like I, I tech hate heavy it. cities like Belgium I and, hate it. and like <laughs>
1: yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> i always thought that like going to mount si it's like this is i mean this this is not what you guys think it is i get no. that there's a a beautiful mountain right here and that is awesome i love climbing that mountain we're well, not climbing just the hikes that are around that mountain yeah. and everything that goes with it but this is not who you are and don't try and tell me that this is who you are because it's
0: clearly not i would imagine that's like, all it, i have to say about that well, I would imagine 80 <laughs> percent of the families that live in snoqualmie commute to the, <laughs> commute to like yeah, yeah. yeah. redmond or yeah just Everyone, all those bucks. guys commute, but they just want to have
1: that uh, that feel to their life, and it's like your guys are just a small bunch small town, pretenders. big dreams. You're yeah. all a bunch of pretenders.
2: Well, I don't know. Yeah. It's one thing to want that feel, but that, like you can want and appreciate kind of the slower lifestyle. It, if like, but realize, you admit you that you're it. like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. an active contributor to corporate America. That <laughs> was to spend my <laughs> so, <laughs> my other yeah, yeah. like my other Hours of the week, not in the city, right? But it's yeah like, but the, you're not like, I don't know, but you're not country just because you live in Mount Sinai. This
0: is a very liberal part of the state still, even though I pretend that it's like rural, conservative America, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, away from the yeah. city. But uh, so I want to give you guys two games from each classification that you guys should check out this weekend. Uh, let's start with the 4A level. We've got a, a juicy matchup between the Woodenville Falcons. They will be traveling to the Kennedy Catholic Lancers, and it, it's an exciting matchup because you know, I mean, Woodenville, they their defense has been pretty, uh, pretty legendary, honestly, these last few years. I mean, just this season, they allowed uh, Mountside just three points, you know, and. Um, Chihuahua at forty six, so that kind of, and those are both very good defenses, and so that shows you how good Woodinville is. They're going up against probably the most powerful offense in the state with Sam Hewitt and Kennedy Catholic. Um, so that's a good game to watch. And then uh, the other game to watch at four is Bothell at Graham Kapausen. Uh This two very like well balanced teams, and uh, so those games will decide who goes to the state semifinals. Well, well, two of the four. There's there's four total in each classification. So at the three A level. Uh, Bellevue and Eastside Catholic is actually my honorable mention, but I mean you can't not mention Bellevue and Eastside Catholic.
2: Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just for that. the the history <laughs> of those two
0: schools. How many times did those two teams face off in a state title game? I mean, probably like eight times since two thousand three. You know, so
1: enough to the point where I really just don't would never care to go anymore. to Another I Bellevue
0: Eastside Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the two games you should check out: um, Marysville Pilchuck at Lincoln. Uh, you give be one of the thirteen people there. And then uh, Kennewick at Bethel. So Kennewick is a, is, a, is a Tri-Cities-based team. They're traveling to Bethel. So a lot of uh, pride on the line in that one. Uh, 2A definitely has the least exciting quarterfinals games because it's just kind of like, remember I told you guys there were four teams competing uh, for the championship, and that was Linden, Hawkinson, Stillicum, and Tumwater. So we're just kind of hoping all four of those teams advance to the Final Four. Uh, but if you had to check out two games, it would be Lakewood versus Hawkinson. And then Prosser versus Stilicum. And then, uh, was
1: have that one just ridiculous, that five star? A- I read TJ Cotterill. TJ oh, yeah. story was great. Oh, yeah. Emeka on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. his name. Yeah. He's,
0: only, he's just the junior.
1: Five star player. Yeah. I mean, athlete. Oh, yeah. Five star athlete. Yep. Five star athlete. Uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. Still,
0: Stilicom has no business being that good. And, like, they have a lot of really good players. Uh, now, they're, I mean, they lost to Linden, so, you know, that kind of sh- shows you that star power is in everything. But, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, true. definitely hoping that all four Hawkinson, Tumwater, Linden still come make it to the Final Four because that will be fun next uh, next week for semifinals. And then wrapping it up with 1A, we got Deer Park versus Montesano and Linden Christian versus LaSalle. So those are the games that you need to check out uh, this week in high school football. Uh, let's talk about a giveaway that WSU is having this Saturday uh, for the senior night. You know, a lot of festivities. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously Tyler Halinski will be, will be uh, given a tribute, but I just mm-hmm. want to focus on the giveaway right now. Um, there, you know, remember the bobblehead from the, the disastrous, uh, I, the commercial promotion, yes, there's a commercial for a promotion saying that this is the best thing ever. And it was a, uh, an advertisement to sell more tickets. Luke, you remember that, right? The. The little bike leech bobble? Oh, thing? yeah, yeah. How could, uh, we, how could he forget? <laughs> yeah,
2: I'll remember that on my deathbed.
0: But thing is, like, yeah. p- as pissed off and as disastrous as that was, people pretty much forgot about it within 48 hours. I mean, we haven't heard yeah. a thing about that in months. wasn't, wasn't yeah. too bad.
1: It was and horrible. I think people are actually kind of. I think people are actually kind of excited, about I mean, not excited. Like they're not going to be showing up to the game to go get these bobbleheads. They might, but be, I honestly. think it's kind of cool. I, I if you, if I you would for sure put a Mike
2: Leach bobblehead in my room.
1: I <laughs> yeah, I would love to have one.
2: Um, I wonder if they'll give them to. It's a great kids. novelty item. Like who it would really is. want that?
1: Like I would love to have because I still have my Gardner Minshew mustaches that they gave out um i still have one of them and then i would love to have um, the mike leach bobblehead as well kind of have my my collector's set is,
0: is your mustache um, still in the packaging
1: oh yeah oh yeah yeah
0: <laughs> you can sell that
1: min, pretty mid-condition yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, no no no. when gardner Minshew is hits the big time that's gonna be that's gonna be worth millions uh but it will be invaluable to me and i will uh, absolutely priceless it so, as such yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah 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 no but if if You do enjoy watching uh, funny Mike Leach clips. I would encourage you to go and watch the clip. Fan has it posted somewhere. Um, It's on YouTube. Believe it. No, it's in my story. What am I? What am I talking about? (laughs) There, there's a clip from my story from his presser today, and it is just his interaction with his own bobblehead. The room. Oh, from his press conference today. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. He gets asked a question. He gets asked a question about it. He kind of answers, looks at it, starts like interacting with it like he's almost like a cat like pawing at like a ball like a ball of yarn and like the room really just goes silent just watching him just kind of like click the button hear it and then i mean it's just brilliant it's absolutely well, brilliant d- did you um, hear
0: him say what does it do and then like one of the like information the directors yeah yeah, yeah yeah he like presses the button on top like what do you think it's supposed yeah, to do yeah. like just like a know it's like, like
1: Like, did no one, did really like no one talk to you about this at all? No one clear
0: it with him? Because that has to be his voice. No, it doesn't really actually, because they can just, they can just pull quotes and then mic it up.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was his voice, but I mean, I don't know. It was it was pretty funny. I would highly recommend go watching it.
0: What I'm curious is how many quotes are built into his system, like how it's only like, like I think it's only like six or seven. It's not crazy. How hard could it have been to put like fifteen or twenty? It wouldn't have been that much I mean, harder. I don't,
2: I don't. I don't know, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, have about, you have to worry to about you have to worry about compliance <laughs> or something. You know what I to mean? 20? Yeah. Wait, like are, how many of the great Mike Leach quotes can you put? You know what I mean? Yeah, better, at like, a
1: certain better. point, you gotta you gotta start cutting them off,
2: and well, and then I'm also saying like some of his best, you probably just don't want done. Yeah, to you gotta be
0: politically it. correct with them. That's yeah. true.
2: That's true. Some of them are. Yeah, he, he he would have some fiery
1: quotes about the California state legislature on there if it were up to him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, hey! One last thing I want to mention about the commercial because I just think it's a really funny storyline. Um, the actors from the commercial, like I'm curious, what their background is. If they have any relation to, gotta be from Spokane because they acted really passionate about Mike Leach, and it didn't. It honestly didn't look like they were faking it. Especially the guy, like talking well, about. The thing like, is, oh, he's just like the real life Mike Leach. He's fucking legendary. Like, that's... It looks it's
1: professionally done. I mean, it's not. They didn't. They weren't breaking the bank on the actors but i mean no it budget, w- yeah. was done by i'm sure these these were sag members stage actors guild for those who aren't familiar um so i mean like you know there's actors in spokane spokane albeit very small has a little bit of you know they need commercials and there was actually a tv show that was filmed out there called z nation um so i mean you know there's there's some they have resources at their disposal.
0: Those those uh, seeking talent ads that pop up in Facebook, uh, they end up paying off. Have you seen those before? Seeking yes. talent in the Spokane area. Seeking talent in Yakima. Yes. Like, so yeah, yeah. That's where you get these people. Uh, so with um, with uh, you, you talked about like how marketable uh, WC for Oregon State is, and how much is on the line. Uh-huh. And I honestly feel that a loss to Oregon State would actually sting more than the loss to UCLA. Uh, do you agree with that?
1: Um. I don't know. I feel like a loss to Oregon State would feel like, damn, we're no longer the cool, trendy team to count out. You know what I'm saying? Like, Never count that out. might be like, That might be Oregon State now, as much as you know, we'd hate to admit that. That's what I feel like a loss would kind of say. I don't know if it would be more disappointing because I don't think – WSU will surrender a 32 point lead on Saturday. I don't think that but you can that. But at least after UCLA lost they they had
0: optimism that hey, we got a lot of football left. We can change we can turn the ship around. A loss to the freaking Oregon State that takes you out of bowl eligibility? well, I guess it doesn't really take you out.
1: Of bowl I would I would argue the exact opposite to that point. I feel like that UCLA loss was like, "Oh my god, we just lost to a winless UCLA." Opposed to an Oregon State loss would be like, well, yeah, have you uh, watched any of the games they've played this year? You know, like there's probably, uh, you know, a little more tolerance for that th- those kinds of results at this point. Like when that UCLA lost, in WSU's mind, they were still the number eight ranked or number seven ranked team that they were going into the Apple Cup. Like they thought, or and most WSU fans thought, they were they were the bee's knee. and they found out that they were in fact not. Um, yeah,
0: you who know. am I kidding? I used to say I lost really stung. I don't think it's impossible. That, yeah, re- I don't re- think re- it's re- possible
1: that. to that. That might be the biggest disaster of a WSU. That that's the I, in my opinion, at least in my experience as a WSU student, that is the most cooged at moment I have ever and think I ever will experience.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's take a look at. Some of the players around the state with Washington fantasy football, we uh, we pick teams in the preseason, and uh, and just use players from the state of Washington. And uh, I think this might actually have to be the last week we do this uh, because Central doesn't play next week, so that's a yeah, lot of players that, that we lost out on. Unless <sighs> unless we want to use our bench, I guess, but we lose well, out on Michael. Well, buys. They
1: play. I mean, I I think it doesn't. It kind of offset itself to a certain degree. The if they buys. have two buys. Yeah, but at the
0: same time, didn't they play a week early? Uh, they play so they they're gonna play eleven games. They played eleven games, and yeah, so they, I guess they kind of did wreck. Like it's the first week since W. So they don't. Yeah, their
1: season's over, so they don't play this weekend. Oh, you you might be right. We may have to end it. Yeah, because otherwise, it gets I, too lopsided.
0: Because like, if you if like if you're Luke and like half your production is from <laughs>
1: Central. yeah, but I think at this yeah. point, like we you know again. This What's so enjoyable about our fantasy league is people are coming on the journey with us. We're learning about yeah, this, we fantasy, are. this fantasy football league, and every day we are getting better from our mistakes. And this is one of the mistakes that we've run into. Granted, you would have thought that being our second year, this is something we would have figured out in our first year, but alas, it is not. <laughs> this
0: feels like our first year, to be honest. It
1: does, it, well, it does feel like our first year because this, this is the first time year that we've really followed up on it. Like, really week. followed up, yeah. Um, which you know, if we would have had it my way, we would have followed up the first year, but now we have to settle, we have to be learning and making these mistakes our second year. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a shot at you guys because. <laughs> <laughs> we should have been doing this. This should be our second year, but I, I don't know what, what should we get into our scores? Yeah, now?
0: Let's, let's run through it real quick. So, um, yeah. so uh, Jacob Eason didn't play. So we got me zero. And th- that's when I realized that central quarterbacks are probably have a lot more value if we just do play 11 straight weeks because they don't have a freaking buy. So that might be something to think about next year when it comes to picking a quarterback Yeah, is uh, is central doesn't central. take weeks off, you know? So
1: mm. I uh, think, but, uh, and hear me out one more time. Extending the bench. If we had deeper benches,
2: that would be less of an issue. No,
0: nope, because you can't. There's only you can't have a second quarterback in your roster.
2: Well, uh, I would personally guess. like to take uh, Murdoch Rutledge from the University of Purge- or Puget Sound. <laughs> we Wh- Wh- ex- <laughs> I'm the bench quarterback. <laughs> well, they're Division Three, right? Yeah, no, D-, uh, D two, I
1: thought. But no, PLU? are they D two? Oh, if they're D two and we're not counting no, them, you're joking? No, PLU, UPS. UPS.
0: There's, there. I think they might even be lower than D three. Like that. No, like, no, no, no. No. With PLU no, like I no, no, D, no, I think they're D. I think they're D three. They're not D two. Yeah, they're so D3. confident they're D three. not scholarships.
2: Yeah, actually, you and know what? You, like you like might be right. They're D. Uh, I, think think they're I will D3. look it up. If they were uh, D two and we have be not been genetic. counting on this entire, they're division three. They're division three. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Not quite. Nevertheless, I so last week, just this guy, Colin Heimbach. At mm-hmm. the University of Puget Sound, caught four touchdowns and had two picks, so that would be oh a God. very interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know don't if we're, we're ready for
1: that. Don't do I don't think we're ready players. for players. Yeah, I no, don't we, think we don't do, do. We're a, we're not ready for that, and B, we're not. We don't do individual defensive players. So, well, he Supposedly caught four a. touchdowns.
2: He's a receiver.
1: Yeah, he's a receiver, but Who the interceptions. Defense? I don't think we could give him credit for the interceptions. Oh, that's because true. We that's true. That would be. Although no, I mean they would count for the defense if you had. U, or uh, UPS defense? <laughs> the loggers
2: defense. Yeah, yeah the, loggers. <laughs> the loggers defense.
1: <laughs> oh, we'll man. be we'll be my, if they ever move up to the D two, they're in. Oh D1. yeah, of course, of absolutely, course. yeah. But until then, all right, let's let's get to our yeah, scores.
0: Yeah. So now. Antoine Custer Jr. Uh, thirty eight point six, Tamar Pierce three point six, Andrew Boston five point seven, Tamar fifteen point six, Esop Winston twenty eight point two, and Central's defense got four for a total of ninety five point seven. So I hope I win. Oh.
1: Fuck. <laughs> well, I, don't, I usually don't I usually don't use that kind of language, but uh, um, I guess <laughs> I'll go next because it was actually pretty close for me, and I thought I'd actually get uh, three points this week. So WSU, Anthony Gordon had a monster game, as we all know, Packable Player really of the cool, Week. Yeah. 38.8 from him, as yeah. well as Max Borgie. He had 30.5. Then after that, it just completely dropped off because I, I have really? wow. a ton of... Uh, a ton of UW players. And so Dion McIntosh got a zero. Um, mm-hmm. And then Renard Bell f- slotted in for Aaron Fuller, but he only got 4.2. Um, Travell Harris only had 8.3. And then I didn't have another flex. Um, so I got zero out of that. And then... Uh, WSU's defense got six for a total of 87.8. So only one point for me this week, if Luke's oh, team did shoot. as bad as I
2: Yeah, okay, so Eric Berrier. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, am I going to be disappointed? No, he you're not going to be disappointed. Week. Eric Berrier, no, well, you know, he had over 150 rushing yards and a touchdown, oh, though.
0: snap, that's right.
2: And Which can never be counted. That's a valid. high ceiling. Uh, so 31.4 for Eric Berrier. He threw
0: for Jeez. 156 yards, and he still got 31. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's insane. Yeah,
2: he's Eric Berrier. Uh, but he, so that accounted for more than six. Sixty percent of my scoring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah. Well, he is so,
1: everything that Lamar Jackson is to NFL fantasy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He no, is, he's he a, is he's, Lamar it's the exact
2: same. And then uh Michael Roots, eight point nine points. Truly wow. unheard of. Immodest. Like that's like a a third of what he's averaging this year. But whatever. Did he just get pulled at halftime or what? If
0: they played Simon Fraser, I mean, remember Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had eighty oh, four rushing yards, no had touchdowns, had touchdowns and caught killers? a pass yards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah.
2: yeah. so Nothing really doing there. Tony Archie, zero receptions for zero yards, Oof. so that's a zero spot. Um, oh, yeah, at running back, I had to start Juvonsley Bazile. <laughs> Which, uh, <laughs> he actually made his debut, though. He actually played a snap. Uh, yeah, but for my understanding, ball. I needed about a 99-yard touchdown reception on that play <laughs> from him. <laughs> but uh, No, nothing, so zero points from him. Uh, Jason Williams, 2.1 points. Desmond Patman, uh, in a week where his quarterback was the Pac-12 player of the year, got me 7.9. And the Husky defense didn't play, so that's zero uh, for a 50.3 total. Um, So that's uninspiring.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Micah, (laughs) Micah, is this your first win?
0: I feel like it is, yeah. I feel like we're got a it bunch of second be. place and yeah. So I will tally up to stand. I'll I'll look I'll listen back and I'll tally up the standings and we'll give you guys the. I feel like I've got a order. comfortable lead, but I'm you not. You might have some cushion, but how crazy would it be if you were just wrong? <laughs> I know, <laughs> like if Jackson was just like getting get, like just gathering. Well, I think I runners. have the number one you know, and I can number and two players
1: based off my busy. own disappointment because I can feel every week just like ah,
0: damn it, if you did
2: close. And I just don't think it's going to happen. If you did point total, I don't think it would be close. I mean, because I've had some like 160 weeks. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> where true.
2: Eric Berry and Michael Roots combined for like 90. The one thing <laughs> I do
1: think we got right this year is our soccer style tables where you have three points to the winner. Yeah. Point, no, two or points two points to the, points to the winner.
0: winner. Two points to the winner. Yeah. Oh,
1: two points, points. points. Oh, two points. Oh, I thought it was three. Uh, two points. Yeah, I think that, that's probably actually better because three points – Two points, there's actually a little bit more parity there, yeah. Uh, whereas three points would really put you apart. So yeah, yeah, you couldn't recover.
0: Good. Now you can string together a bunch of second place finishes and still end up first. So, mm-hmm. all right, well that does it for this week in Washington football. Uh, keep following us on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen, at Luke Monger, and at Jackson M Garner. We are consistently posting about uh, the local football scene. Uh, send us an email. Uh, we, we always welcome you guys uh, on our very public, very open email. Mike at Shin at Yahoo.com. Send us your questions and comments there. For myself, Luke, and Jackson, we're signing off. We'll see you guys next Tuesday.